This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie the Central Bank of Ireland is, of course, the state institution charged with ensuring economic and financial stability, regulation and oversight of the financial and banking sector, etc. The bank is an organisation which, this surprised me, employs in the region of 2,000 staff. And the governor of the bank sits on the Central Council of the European Central Bank, the body that decides European-wide interest rate policy. Now, the covenant current governor is Gabriel McClough, a man who comes with a very distinguished CV. He's a former senior UK civil servant. He served private secretary to Gordon Brown when he was Chancellor of the Exchequer. And more recently, from 2011, he was Secretary of the Treasury and Chief Financial Advisor in New Zealand and Chief Financial Advisor to the Government of New Zealand until 2019. During the week, he turned his attention to Kilkenny when he addressed a meeting of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce and spoke with local students and businesses. Before he did that, I spoke to him and I began by asking him, with so much on his plate, what were the reasons behind him making time to engage with the Chamber of Commerce and students in Kilkenny? Uh, well, probably two uh two objectives um, one I, when I became governor I decided that I wanted to get out and get to understand uh, the country better um, so I started a series of visits uh, which were then uh, physical ones which were then cut short of course with the pandemic um, and we managed to continue them uh, virtually and now where uh, unfortunately the pandemic is still stopping us having virtual visits, but um, we are continuing those. And the second reason, and this is a substantive one, is that uh, I think it's important that the central bank um, has a good understanding um, of how the, uh, the whole economy is working for us to uh, do our job as best as we can. I mean, we're responsible for maintaining uh, price and financial stability uh, and providing uh, economic uh, advice. So uh, I think to do that as well as we can, um, we need to get out of Dublin. We need to go and talk to businesses uh, actually in the country um, and around the country and uh, listen to the challenges they're facing, how they're meeting them, etc. So uh, this is very much what I hope to do in my visit uh, to uh, Kilkenny, uh, as I wish it was uh, physical, but anyway, uh, in my virtual visit. Uh, but at the same time, uh, taking the opportunity to, um, as you said, to meet some uh, students uh, who are doing, um, who are interested in economics, uh, and just to talk to them about economics and the, um, you know, what it is as a subject, what the central bank does. So it's really, at the end of the day, the visit is primarily about uh, informing myself of what's happening in Kilkenny, but also taking the opportunity to explain uh, to uh, uh, to people I meet. 
Uh, uh, my own views, what the central bank's doing, and to answer any questions. Mm. Now, I was interested to read, uh, you write a letter to economics students every year, and in your most recent one, you outlined why you think economics matter. Why do you think economics matter to your average person in the street and, and your average small and medium-sized business? Well, at the end of the day, people um, uh, live in a society um, and in effect they live in an economy uh, and economics is the study of uh, how societies work ultimately um, uh, it's the science of uh, of what happens uh, all around us so uh, it matters economics matters and um, it's a uh, it's uh, I mean there's it's a debate um, that uh, we have in academia as to whether economics is a natural science like physics or whether it's a human science. Uh, but at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, it's much more a human science. Um, and if you're interested in how your community is working and how you can improve the well-being of your community, ultimately, then uh, understanding uh, it, uh, I think, is uh, something... I'm personally interested in, but I think it's also uh, of value and purposeful. So it matters to businesses who are, you know, part of the economy. It matters to uh, people workers who are part of the economy, and it matters to people who aren't working actually, but ultimately uh, play a role in the functioning of the economy one way or another. One mm. of the interesting challenges that societies have got around the, around the world is how they um, measure economic activity uh, and uh, what it is that they value about it. So, um, but ultimately, uh, people should be interested in it uh, because it's about them and their community and ultimately their well-being. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, role of the central bank and indeed the European Central Bank and central banks everywhere in ensuring financial stability. COVID-19 must surely have been one of the most uh, unprecedented shocks to the economic system. Um, uh, The economic system seems to have survived intact. What were the challenges, the stress, and what have the lessons been of the last two years? To a certain extent, I think we're we're still learning uh, some of the lessons, but uh, absolutely, it's an exceptional situation. And I think I wrote in the blog uh, early on, the beginning of the pandemic, that um, I thought it was a unique uh, situation in, in sort of global history because governments actually chose Uh, governments across the world chose to close down economies. They they chose to stop uh, economies working. They chose to stop supply. They chose to sort of stop demand. Um, And uh, that's never happened before. Uh, The closest you might get to it is is in a war situation. But normally all that happens in a war situation is um, economic activity is redirected towards something else. So it was pretty unique. To try and understand uh, what was happening, obviously, was uh, a challenge. And uh, one of the big characteristics, and which to some extent still exists today, over the last two years, is there's been enormous uncertainty about how, initially, uh, what the pandemic 
uh, meant, what the virus meant. Uh, then afterwards, once we discovered vaccines, um, to what extent uh, were the, could they be, how quickly could they be rolled out? What would be the impact on activity? And then we had variants of them. So from an economic perspective, understanding what the initial response uh, has been, was, um, it needed to be, uh, what its impact would be, and um, what it means now has been a lot of very new ground for us. But, you know, some of the fundamentals um, that had to be met, I think, were met, um, and uh, successfully so. So one of the lessons was that, gee, when you get a shock like this, it is important that the state um, or the government um, uh, uh, provide support to uh, businesses, to workers, etc. Mm. Um, and uh, we saw across the world enormous uh, response on the part of, um, of governments, supported by central banks uh, as well. But that sort of prompt response, um, I think, has helped uh, us and certainly helped uh, the Irish economy um, do reasonably well, actually, mm. uh, in the circumstances. But yeah. I think we're still learning a lot of the lessons. Yeah. Now, one of the un uh, unprecedented levels, I suppose, is the, the level of savings. People didn't have things to spend money on oftentimes during the pandemic. And the level of savings in Ireland is is quite large. You wrote also in your blog about it's a key question whether those savings are regarded as income or wealth. Which do you think or is that kind of um, uh, question still unresolved? And why does that question matter? Well, I, I think that's a very interesting. That's a very interesting point, and I think um, uh, well, one reason it matters is that uh, if it's it's really a question of people uh, look to turn those uh, exceptional savings, as you say, people accumulated savings because they didn't have anything to spend, but also at the same time because uh, they were uh, receiving uh, income, either you know, support from the state or uh, because they were continuing to work. So they were accumulating income, uh, which they couldn't spend. Um, and the, the the big question for us, and we're seeing it actually in the other challenge that we've got right now, which is the inflation challenge, that once restrictions were lifted, um, it did allow people to then spend. So instead of treating uh, if I can put it like this, instead of treating their savings as wealth that they wanted to just hold on to, uh, they treated it as income which they wanted to consume. And one of the reasons we have uh, the sort of inflation that we are seeing is that uh, demand um, uh, to consume those savings shot up and supply uh, to meet that demand has found it uh, difficult to keep up. Um, we've had bottlenecks, in some cases more than bottlenecks, but almost closer to blockages, um, to uh, to meet that increased consumption. So uh, that's that, that's one reason why we've been very interested in how people were going to treat those savings. Um, and uh, you know, we've got some historical experiences 
of what people have done when they've accumulated savings like that. So, um, and some of it has been post, you know, if you go back to the Second World War, I think post, post-war, the, um, what we saw was a lot of savings went into the purchase of housing uh, and property and pushed crop prices up. Um, but because of this sort of slightly unique situation in, in this um, pandemic, it's, you know, we, well, we're observing some pretty clear signs of now of, what, of what's happening to that increased consumption and where it's going. Mm. Um, the, the bank is looking ahead here. The focus of your five-year plan is is all about the future. You mentioned uh, inflation there. I suppose a question on, on the minds of many businesses is, uh, is inflation uh, temporary related to COVID or has it become embedded? And what's all that going to do to interest rates? I don't know what your uh, point of view is on that, but can you share what your thoughts are? Yes, yes, I can. But let me just take a step back and just talk about it because you mentioned our strategy um, for uh, our new strategy, which is looking sort of five years out. And essentially, I suppose at a very high level, the difference between the old strategy, if I can put it like that, and the new one is that we spent, um, we have invested a lot in repairing the um, the damage caused by the financial crisis. Um, so our focus, I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing here and being fairly high level, but you could say that our focus over the last sort of decade has been about repairing the um, problems of the financial crisis. And our focus now with a new strategy is much more... Uh, about meeting the challenges of the future. And what we what we know and what we can see, and I mean, you don't have to be in the central bank to observe this, but the financial system is changing very rapidly, um, driven by technology uh, in particular. And, and the pandemic and COVID has led to an acceleration of uh, the whole digital um uh, agenda. So uh, the central bank is now um, putting in place uh, plans for how it's going to meet the um, the challenges of the future. And part of that, part of our plan, is to make sure that we build much more uh, engagement with, uh, hence my visit to Kilkenny, much more engagement and connection with um, communities and businesses across the country to understand what they're experiencing, because I think a feature of change uh, right now is its pace is much greater than it's ever been. So the change is happening. Change has always happened in societies and economies, but it's happening at a much faster pace. And uh, I think one of the ways to uh, meet that challenge is to make sure you understand what's happening on the ground as much as possible. But turning to your... Um, inflation point. As I said a few minutes ago, the um, we do, you know, the inflation we are experiencing now essentially um, as measured, essentially comes, I mean, there are three broad reasons for it. Um, one of them is what we call, as economists, which is uh, simply base effects. In other words, you tend to measure inflation 
uh, over a 12-month period. So um, the number you get today depends very much on what, what, what happened 12 months ago, and that will tend to wash out fairly um, uh, quickly. And we, uh, euro area inflation, um, up till now, a big factor in it has been changes to German VAT rates, which are going to leave the calculation uh, of inflation uh, shortly. Secondly, um, what I said uh, a few minutes ago about the fact that supply cannot keep up right now with uh, the increased demand. And we do see over the course of this year um, those uh, supply bottlenecks getting repaired, those blockages, to the extent they become blockages, getting opened up. So we do see inflation uh, falling uh, during the course of this year. Uh, and the third uh, reason we've got inflation where we have right now is to do with energy prices. Um, and that's a bit more complicated a story, but again, we do see uh, that challenge as, um, as not persisting. So we do see inflation uh, falling. Um, it'll probably, in the euro area, stay over 2% throughout the course of this year, um, but it'll fall from the levels it's been at uh, where it was at the end of 2021. Uh, the big challenge for us at um, the central bank is, at European Central Bank, which is of course where we monetary policy for the whole of the euro area is uh, managed, uh, will be to keep a very close eye on whether there are any what we describe as second round effects uh, of inflation. So if, for example, um, we start to see wages rising um, without uh, uh, corresponding increases in productivity, uh, that would signal to us a, uh, the risk that we're going to get into a bit of a wage price spiral which is really what fueled inflation um, back in the 1970s uh, in particular. And I know a lot of people uh, can't remember what happened in the 1970s, but you know, this was an era when uh, it was pretty normal to see inflation rates in double digits, and uh, which is quite extraordinary when you think about it now uh, and very unusual. But uh, so if we see if we see uh, risks of those sorts of second round effects happening, then we will definitely be taking action at the European Central Bank uh, to manage that. But otherwise, uh, one of the um, one of the things that has been a feature of economies over the last decade has been very low rates of inflation which have also led to very uh, low rates of, uh, of interest. Um, and we're seeing the economy, I mean, you know, because of the pandemic partly, we've had a very, very, what you might describe as loose monetary policy. Uh, because of the pandemic, as a result of the pandemic, as we're now coming out of the pandemic, we're seeing economies recover. So, we may, um, uh, over the coming years, 
or we should uh, see monetary policy becoming a bit tighter to what it was um, over the last uh, uh, two or three years. Hmm. Now, what is the pace of that change? I think that's um, that's uncertain and to be seen at the moment. What uh, my own view is, I don't expect uh, interest rates uh, to go up. Um, the European Central Bank to put up interest rates in 2022. Um, but we're going to have to keep a close eye on that. I mean, elsewhere in the world, I mean, the UK, the Bank of England put up interest rates at its last meeting. We expect the Federal Reserve in the United States to put up interest rates um, at its next meeting. But uh, in Europe, I think we're probably on a slightly slower uh, track to see what you might describe as normalisation. Finally, um, for those businesses unable to participate in your uh, virtual visit to Kilkenny, have you any message? And indeed, what would your message in general to business owners, managers, and indeed people working in business across Carlow, Kilkenny? Well, I mean, I think um, from... Uh, firstly, I'm sorry they can't, uh, but I haven't had a chance to uh, to meet them. And I hope if I uh, get back to uh, uh, Carlo and Kilkenny, in fact, one of my first uh, trips um, uh, as governor was to go to the ploughing in Carlo a couple of years ago, um, or of course pre-pandemic. As a newcomer uh, to Ireland, that must have been quite an experience. Uh, it was, it was, uh, I mean, I came as well. It was just a gloriously sunny day and it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it was quite some experience, as you say. Um, and I've also visited uh, Kilkenny City itself. But uh, I think my, my message to, to businesses is, um, well, firstly, to wish them well in the challenges they're facing right now. Um, and uh, secondly, the central bank is interested in um, what uh, uh, what they're doing, how they're seeing the world, um, and to look to feed uh, sort of information uh, through to uh, groups like the Chamber of Commerce and others, um, and uh, to uh, continue to sort of make sure they understand their customers and the world uh, around them and continue to strive for greater productivity etc um, but we want to we want to understand their experiences um, and we will continue to uh, uh, to look for opportunities uh, to do that over the coming uh, over the coming period well Gabriel McClough governor of the Central Bank of Ireland thank you very much for joining us on the bottom line Thank you, John. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast.